Welcome to another episode of Ruck Me Dead, and it's finally international season. This is what rugby is all about, if you ask me. I mean, look, I am a fan of uh, Super Rugby. I've come back to Super Rugby in the past year. I think, you know, the product's gotten better, certainly with Stan Sport. Always like my club rugby, but guess what? Guess what? It is international time, and with me right now to dissect... Uh, an absolute smorgasbord, a lazy Susan of international rugby is Wendell Hussey. Yes, yes, Errol, it is good to be here for international SZN. Love it. I mean, obviously, rugby league, they have their games against New Zealand here and there and Tonga, and that's always good. That's always exciting. We don't need to talk about the AFL, but that is one thing that sets rugby apart, I think, from a lot of other codes aside from soccer in this country, is the fact that Countries go at it head-to-head. We have these international games. There's lots going on. It's lots of fun. It's exciting. You get to see new players, and that's what we got to see over the weekend. So we'll run through some um, some of those games. A historic, historic win for the All Blacks. Clinical, devastating, absolutely putting some police officers <laughs> and oh, bricklayers man. to the sword. Love to see that. There were some other games there. So we'll get into those, talk about the Wallabies and their upcoming tests against the French, which will probably be tonight by the time you're listening to this. And, of course, Super W Grand Final. Waratahs get to win. They win something. Great to see. Tars got it done, wrapped up that competition, and there was a bit of controversy after that game as well. So we'll get into that and a few other bits and pieces. And as always, this podcast is in partnership with Stan Sport. Which is where you can catch every single game of rugby live and uninterrupted. No ads, no bullshit, no nothing. Just unabridged rugby union, straight mm. to your eyeballs. Now, where do you want to start, Wendell? There's a, we could start anywhere you want. Yeah, so there were some big games. There was um, Senegal beating Kenya, I believe. There was the Ivory Coast getting a huge win over Namibia. But there was no bigger game, no bigger occasion than the All Blacks playing Tonga at Mount Smart Stadium at 5 o'clock on Saturday afternoon. Blackout is there in support. Puts a lovely ball away to Johnny Barrett. McKenzie, he's going in for a bunch of fives. Jordan. Yes, boy, Will Jordan. Kenzie numbers away to the left. Oh, he's going to get one finally with the last play of the game. George Bridge gets a deserved try, and it's a hundred up for the All Blacks. Trend of the game. They start the. Uh, they finish the game like they started at the All Blacks. It's been a try scoring feast all evening. Me, mm-hmm. oh my boy, oh boy, wow wee, that was some good rugby, wasn't it, Errol? It was, mate. I remember just before that game started, you uh, you sent me a text and you told me what the line was. I think it was the biggest line I've ever seen in my life. Like, it was 75.5, wasn't it? Yep, they crept out to 79.5 and 80.5 by kickoff. And right. too short. <laughs> it was still too short. Well, I just think that this game was, you know, it was a bit of a farce. I mean, it's good for these, you know, small rugby nations that, you know, export all of their talent. Um, it's good to see them, you know, 
playing the big dogs, but mm-hmm. I think, look, this one was really beyond the pale. I mean, like, the coach of the Tongan team was door-knocking. <laughs> I mean, like, he was going around Apia and being like, would you like to play the All Blacks? And from things I've heard, people were saying, are you fucking mad? <laughs> I'm like, like, I'm pretty sure that one of the Tongan players is a policeman. Yeah, I believe they're fullback. He was a policeman. It's yeah. it's incredible. As you said, it's always good to see these um, littler teams play the big guys, get some reps up, get the exposure that comes with playing the All Blacks and the Wallabies and all that sort of stuff. Tonga's a World Cup team. They've had some good performances. Samoa beat the Wallabies probably 10 years ago in Sydney. They can do it. But they this, can. as you mentioned, was a farce. 34 players of the Tongan squad ruled out because of COVID uh, <laughs> regulations. So 34 of their best players can't get down there. Yep. Nine debutants in the starting 15, mm-hmm. 13 in the starting 23, have never played for Tonga before. They get a week to prep together with yeah. guys that they may not know. They may have played front, some footy with them here. couple of club guys, couple of guys who'd been bench players occasionally for teams like the Chiefs. Yeah. And then, guys, as you mentioned, we've got policemen, we've got bricklayers. We've got a guy, there's one clip here that I'll play for you, and this guy had not played rugby for four years before 2021. Had not played rugby for four years and then decided to give it another go this yeah. year and gets called up by the Tongan coach, Tao Tai Kefu, come and have a run against the All Blacks. I was on the toes, then um, got a got a Tonga number call me and picked it up and thought that's like uh, Sam, do you wanna play for we got it? And I'm like, what? <laughs> it was a lot to take in. You know, like a few weeks ago I was in the in the smoker room eating me green, now I'm uh, eating good food now, I'm getting my nutrients in. Now, if it was the Wallabies or Argentina, you'd be like, okay, there's a chance that the Wallabies <laughs> just don't turn up and they, you know, and, yeah. and we get a game that's like 50 to 17. Tongans get a couple of tries. It's exciting. Yeah. But they're playing the most clinical, the yeah. best team in the world in their home country off the back of a week prep with a bunch of civilians playing against these guys. It was almost negligent. It was, it's essentially about the same as me going to play the All Blacks. I haven't played for four years. I'm not in very good nick. I've been in an office for four years. But look, there's one gripe I have with this game. If there is one gripe to have is that the way that the All Blacks carried themselves <laughs> throughout the entire game, I mean, it, what like they turned up to play the Springboks or the Wallabies or the Poms, you know. Like after they've scored their 17th fucking try... They're all backslapping, carrying on, laughing, you know, high-fiving. It's like, mate, just politely jog back to the halfway line and get ready to take another kick. I mean, like, for Christ's sake. The most humble team in the world. That's what people always say, sweeping oh, the change room, Christ. the humble all-backs. This is one part of New Zealand that the rest of the world never gets to see. I mean, you know, like, if you're from Europe, if you're from North America, you look at New Zealand as being, you know, a polite little country, Lord of the Rings shit. But when you live in this region, you see Kiwis for who they really are. Yeah, 
24-0 within 10 minutes. Just have a bit of humility. And Marshy and the boys are going berserk. Just turn it off. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Angus Tavo. It's like, yeah, he just ran over the top of a guy who hasn't played footy for four years. It is so rude. A man who's been in the system for 10 years and has like specific gyms, gym programs, eating programs, systems, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, he just ran over a random guy. He's 130 yeah. kilos and he just ran over the top of someone. Good on you. Awesome. Well done. It's like the Maroons going and playing the Capalabar Warriors in a game and everyone just going berserk when Dan yeah. Gagai just storms over the top of his Warriors centre. It's like, yeah. oh, that was incredible stuff. Yeah. Just runs the fuck over the top yeah. of like a physiotherapist or something <laughs> who has to go back yeah. to work yeah. on Monday and be like, I'm pretty sure I've got six broken ribs. Like, <laughs> yeah. I can't even lie down. Yeah, and I, I'm actually not going to be able to get paid properly yeah. this week because I'm not going to cop line. is feeling now. I oh, mean, like, man. he would have gone home and tried to go to work on Monday and just being like like as the fullback he got run the fuck over he got yeah. run around he got picked up and dropped on his head yeah i mean he would be in such a world of pain oh yeah and they were going nuts when he was getting run around on one certain try <laughs> when will jordan scored in the corner they're going oh incredible team try incredible team try yeah, okay, so guys who've, like, trained together for a yeah. few weeks and have been in a system for 10 years scored a good team try yeah. against a bunch of debutants who haven't played together. Wow. Yeah, a person who would command a million-dollar contract in Japan and France has yeah. just <laughs> has just done a goosey and gotten around a fullback who a few days earlier was driving around in a fucking squad car in Tonga. <laughs> I just I was thinking about 15 minutes in I was like they're gonna have to call this off like it, it's that old stop I don't think you can dead. like if you can email the show but like I don't think that, that there is a mercy, the mercy rule, rule in international, international rugby you've just got to you know count down the clock the best way you can it was it was really scary but this stuff. is just further evidence that Kiwi rugby is on mm. the decline if they're getting this excited about putting 102 on on poor Tonga. And you know what else they were excited about? The most pleasing thing? Didn't let in a try. I mean, but like, they didn't even... I mean, like, I haven't looked at the penalty count. I don't even give nah, a fuck. But like, but like, to hold them to nil, I mean, good on you. Yeah. Good yeah. on you. And like, well full-time done. siren, Tonga's got the ball. They win the ball back. Do they kick it to the corner at 95 nil? Fuck no. No, they don't. They run the ball down and they score under the post and they make it an even century and they go berserk and the poor old Tongans, after their week of prep, duck back off to try and prepare again because now they have to play Samoa this weekend. Yeah. And fair enough, that game against the All Blacks, that didn't count for anything, but they have to play Samoa for a spot in the World Cup now. Without yeah. their 34 best players. So that's pretty tough on them that, that now they've tough. got to try and qualify without their best players. So they play them in two games. Yeah. If they don't win those, then they go and play the Cook Islands. They'll probably beat the Cook Islands, but that that's still pretty <laughs> tough for them. It was a, yeah. The other thing, actually, that the All Blacks were saying was they were trying to steal fans from rugby leagues. They played it at Mount Smart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which they never play at, and obviously the Tongans have been playing there in the rugby league over the last couple of years, and it's like the atmosphere there. Everyone's seen it, all the hymns, yeah. full crowds, red flags everywhere, red shirts. Everyone's been going berserk. So they just decided that they would win fans from rugby league by pumping the team that everyone loves, 102. Yeah. Interesting one. I mean, yeah, that's just... It's even more evidence that rugby union in mm. New Zealand is dying. It is. I mean... It's nosediving. If they're so tone deaf that they're going to the home... 
of Tongan Rugby League in New Zealand and absolutely destroying Tonga. Yeah. I mean, it's dumb. It's like, like that would just make you feel like more of an outsider in New Zealand yeah. as a Tongan person. Yeah, absolutely. Shout out to the Tongans, though, for getting out there and giving it a crack. They tried hard. They were doing what they can and look good on them. Yeah. yeah. Tell you what, though, game of the round, of the international round, in my opinion, the Irish versus the Cherry Blossoms. Oh, yeah. Absolute that- contest. Here's Masariwa, and then looks to ter- turn defence into attack, and hasn't he done well? Now, Japan have numbers, and they have the execution, and that is absolutely magnificent. Saito, the beneficiary, but Japan, with any space, are just magnificent to watch. I love the way the Japanese play footy. Uh, yeah, they just, with no ego, nah. just, you know, they just go out and do their best. And quite often, their best is good enough. It's exciting, too. Like, yeah. the way they do their little backline things, it's like those hands drills. Everyone does it training at the warm-ups. It's training, you know, four across, and you're doing quick hands, and everyone, like, knocks a ball on every, like, third or fourth goal, and the coach has no more drops or it's push-ups, all that sort of stuff. But they do it at full pace in their backline. Like, you'll just see, like, five guys compress into a 10-meter channel yeah. and just quickly draw and fix and pass and pass, and they run around. And, they yeah, they play really good footy. That was exciting to see. They were playing a pretty understrength Irish team. I actually thought they might get up and they were looking good, but they were a bit waratazi the way they were playing. They'd score some yeah. hot, hot tries. Score and then some hot tries, but then, you know. Run the ball out of their 22 and concede it and then Ireland <laughs> just come down and score and then they're behind again. Yeah, look, I think that's just what you get from young teams. Mm. And, you know, I think that a lot of the Japanese players haven't had the chance to play with each other as a team no. before where, you know, the Irish have been kind of locked away on their, you know, on their little island mm. uh, for a while now, and they've got a very tight and close domestic competition yep. in Ireland. So not heaps of other things to do in Ireland other than drink and play rugby. Or no, well, early, they early. haven't been able to uh, to go to the pub in Ireland now for a year. I mean, like the pubs have only just opened in the past couple mm. months over there. Power to you. Um, but yeah, look, I think uh, this game there was only really a try in it. I mean, mm. well, oh, that's a converted try. Yeah. But, but like they should have been up at half time. Yeah, well, it was seventeen twelve, and then there was like thirty seconds to go, and then the Japan the Japanese decided, oh, we'll run the ball outside of our own twenty two instead of just going like let's have a couple of slow phases in the forwards, slow it down, and then just kick it out and go into the break seventeen twelve up. Instead, they tried to run it out and then got rid of the ball, and Ireland just came down and scored, and it was nineteen seventeen at halftime. It's just you lack discipline, mm. and good teams will punish you. Yeah. Which, game you know, smarts, but very entertaining football to watch. And that game was played at Aviva mm. uh, in Dublin, which is one of World Rugby's great coliseums. I've watched a few games of rugby there, a few games of Gaelic football there too, a couple of games of Gar. It's, it's a great place, uh, Ireland. It's like a fruit uh, bowl, isn't it? Yeah, it is, mate. And it's only a short walk back into town where you can, you know, hit all those delightful uh, Dublin bars. Mm. Sounds a lot like uh, the SCG. <laughs> <laughs> no, it doesn't, mate. I think we're 18 episodes <clears throat> in, and I think uh, the, the listeners who are still listening, they know my feelings yeah. about the SCG. One thing one thing we've been very clear about. Yeah. Uh, a couple of other games. The English actually only got up by a couple of tries against the US. They were leading by a lot the whole way. Been yeah. enjoying the little mini highlights, the little highlights, six-minute highlights packages yeah. Stan's been doing for these international games to run through. That looked like a good bit of fun. The Canadians got rolled by the Welsh, 68-12, yeah. unfortunately so for them. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. But uh, just back to... Uh, 
the Americans, I reckon they've got the fastest team in world rugby. Mm. I mean, some of their wingers and the, like the fullbacks, outsides, they're quick, but they've just, you know, they've got, you know, the ball skills mm. of, you know. Of, a, <laughs> of NFL players. Yeah. Just, you just make one catch and that's your job done and you yeah, just run out. That's a good uh, observation there, Wendell, mm. because they do that. I mean... In American rugby, you often see, you know, that they try and get the ball out to the wingers as fast as possible. Yeah. I mean, like, they don't draw a man out of the defensive line. They just, you know, get it to the fastest person. Like, <laughs> it's, like watching, like, it's like watching a game of, like, under 10s where there's that one kid who's, you know, hit puberty a bit earlier and he's just, you know, he's got, you know, a bit of mass about mm-hmm. him. The only objective is to give him... Yeah the ball and then they just run where in american rugby they just try to get the ball out to the wings as fast as possible and then you just see those fantastic highlights of these guys who can run a football field in 9.8 seconds they get the ball and they just hit the gas (laughs) but unfortunately for them they get the ball and if the back line isn't drawing you know a player out of the defensive line then they just run out of space and get tackled and then you know mm. if they're playing an experienced rugby nation you know like they were playing england if you go back and look at that game as soon as their fast players are brought to ground you can just see like boots knees elbows going straight into their legs <laughs> <laughs> and they hop up and you can just see you know these absolute thoroughbreds players that can just run and run and run run as fast as they can they hop up and they just have one of the biggest corks ever seen on this earth right in their rump, and they can't run. (laughs) That's why they're so good at sevens, because they get the open space. They get the ball and they run. They got the wheels, off they go, but they can't do their 9.8 second football field when they've got a big uh, uh, English centre, 110 kilo or 100 kilo English centre just flying across who can read the play and just goes bang over the sideline. Yeah, and then you've got a number eight who comes in to clean out and loses his balance a bit and maybe drops a knee in between the shoulder blades. Yeah. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, that's just what this game is. Mm. I mean, the best teams, they do play a bit dirty, as we've seen with the All Blacks. Yeah, many facets, many For layers the to The past it. 100 years. Yeah. Something that will never get old. Now, a team that beat the All Blacks last year, the Argentinians, we all remember that historic victory. Everyone yep. loved that. <laughs> they needed a yellow card... A Romanian yellow card in the final 10 minutes of the game to beat the Romanians by a single try, 24-17. How does that happen? Well, I think, uh, well, going back into uh, world news for a minute, I think uh, Argentina hasn't had the best couple of years. I mean, Mm. there was uh, a couple of years ago, I think uh, their share market lost half its value in a day. You know, I think that, that uh, you know, things have been a bit tough for the Argentinians and it might have trickled down to their rugby team. But, you know, again, this game was played at one of World Rugby's great stadiums in the heart of Paris, in the shadow of the Arc de Triomphe. Mm. For what the game was, I mean, it had all the hallmarks of a great game. Mm. It was a very tight contest and... Um, I think that we need more games like this. I mm. mean, it was tit for tat. I mean, like this reminded me a lot of what the Irish game was mm. uh, against the Cherry Blossoms. But 
it was it was tough for the Romanians. You know, they've only got seven thousand registered rugby players in Romania. So definition minnows, guppies swimming around in your little creek would have been great if they could have drawn with the Argentinians or beaten them. Would have loved to see that. Well, they've got twice as many as Georgia does, and Georgia always holds their own. Mm. You know, they're almost a mainstay of. Uh, have you seen how those Georgians are built? Yes, I have seen how those Georgians are built, you know, but I think uh, it isn't about, you know, how many players you've got. I mean, the country with the most mm. registered rugby players in the world, uh, I think it's England or France, mm. and you look at them and they're, you know, they're hopeless. Yeah. Where if you go, you know, like smaller nations like Wales, Scotland, Japan, New and Georgia, and even Australia, you mm. know, we don't have that many, but, you know, it's... Not how big the dog is, it's how big the fight is in the dog. Preach, Errol, preach. Love that. Um, and I will just say before we move along, if you haven't seen those Romanian jerseys from the weekend, go and Google them. They look like a kid's palette of paint that's just been left out in the rain and has just run and someone's put it on a jersey. I'm not sure what's going on at all. All sorts of colours and stripes and lines. Loved it. I was a huge fan of it. And I'm going to have a look online about where I can get myself a Romanian rugby jersey. It looks like... It a, is my new favourite. It looks like a colour blindness <laughs> test. It's like it's... Like, oh, I'm looking at it it's now. It's a bit RSL carpety as well. Like, I don't know what's going on. I'll tell you where all. I've seen that exact pattern. The train seat pattern as well in Brisbane, I think. Yep. It's a real it's a real weird one, but it's my new favourite. I'm going to have a look and well, buy myself a Romanian well, rugby jersey. I've been to Romania uh, as a young man, and uh, one thing that I really... Bucharest? Yep. One thing I remember from being in Bucharest is that there was lots of graffiti. So maybe these jerseys are anti-graffiti jerseys. <laughs> It'd be very tricky <laughs> to graffiti these jerseys together. I mean, like, if there's one jersey mm. that I think would be very hard to uh, do a throwy on, it would be the Romanian jersey where, you know, as opposed to the English jersey, which is mm. just crying out to be tagged on. Yeah, yeah, right. There you go. That, that could be the reasoning behind it. Anti-Bucharest graffiti uh, policy there. Other games internationally we should wrap up because we've yeah, been... Uh, I think, no, well, I think we should cover the biggest uh, yep. international game, which uh, wasn't a game between two countries at all. It was a game between two representative teams. But the British and Irish Lions, they look pretty hot. Here's a knock on, so that's probably the end of the game and so it is, AJ Jacobs blows his final whistle and the British and Irish Lions will be very happy with their performance tonight. They'll look at a couple of very, very of small things that they can improve on, but generally speaking it was a fantastic game. Josh Adams with uh, those four tries as well. I would be worried if I was a, uh, a yawpy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they absolutely trundled over the top of the uh, the South African Lions there, yeah. who had been all right in the last couple of years of Super Rugby, the dying throws of Super Rugby. They, they were better when they were the Cats. Mm, I mean, yeah, well, they were the Cats on the weekend, I can tell you that. that. They were. <laughs> <laughs> there isn't much to say in this game. I thought that the Lions did put up a good fight. Yeah. I mean, like, that, this game was always going to go one way. Yep. The Lions, uh, the South African Lions, they... Um, they were a bit under strength, yes. as were the British and Irish Lions. Lost their captain yep. uh, last week against mm. the Japanese. Yep. Alan Jones, mm. not of you know 
broadcasting fame, but a bit of uh, rugby union fame. <laughs> I uh, I did actually watch the highlights of this game on mm. uh, on Stan because uh, it was very late at night. I didn't know that my neighbours here uh, in the French Quarter, I didn't know they were from South Africa until that night because they were up all night jumping mm. up and down on my roof. Mm. Um, yeah. Particularly weird display, actually, I'll just say, on this Lions game. Yeah. Lots of tries a game. They don't even care about penalty goals. I think the game plan for the Lions, the, the British and Irish mm. Lions, was to run the ball. I mean, that's how they're going to win the game, mm. especially against these provincial teams. But I think a lot more strategy is yep. going to come into it when you know they take to flogging the Springboks. Um, there's definitely going to be more strategy in it, but uh, I think for these provincial teams, it's more important to uh, to get the ball moving through the hands, mm. to run a few plays, you know, to get a bit of you know match experience, get some match fitness, mm. get a bit of cohesion as a team that's mashed together full of people from countries that despise each other and have, you know, thousand year histories of, you know, killing each other with swords and yes. whatnot. Cohesion's a big word there, I think, Errol. Yeah. Getting it together. So, fair enough. Getting some rhythm, I mean, getting some like, routine. Two of those countries, you know, were at war up until the mid-90s, you know, really. Three of those countries still hate each other too, really. I think they all do. I mean, yeah. it, you know, the Scots have had it with the Poms mm. leaving the EU. I mean, the whole of the Scottish economy is underpinned with their trade to the European Union. The Irish, of course, you know, they've been... Well publicised. That they don't like the Poms. And the Welsh, you know, the English have been trying... For thousands and thousands of years to stub out, you know, the beautiful Welsh language. And they've just, you know, stuck out their nose at the bloody poms, I mean. Mm. People say French is a language of love. I really think Welsh. Welsh is Welsh something it, special, isn't it? It's it's such an ancient <laughs> and gorgeous language. I mean, I think... <laughs> oh, whisper it in my ear. <laughs> yeah, but like, look, for all the trouble that those countries have had with one another, it's good to see them... Mm. Uh, put their differences aside to go around the world every four years yes. and destroy people. Yep, destroy countries. It's a long <laughs> tradition for for the English, isn't it? Yeah, so. that's one thing that England's really given this world is that, you know, it's just absolute, you know, the pinnacle of human suffering. Yes, they're doing that because they are rolling through the South African teams. They play the Sharks on Thursday morning, Wednesday night. I think that'll be after the Wallabies in France test, so they'll probably pump them. And then they play the Springboks soon, who are in isolation again after another Springbok has tested positive to COVID. <laughs> so I don't know how. Uh, this is going to go. They've played next to no rugby since the World Cup. How? Played against Georgia, and now they're in isolation again. How, how have they not been vaccinated? I, I don't know. I don't, I don't. It seems like a real debacle. They're all. What in is a, the uh, is the Australian government also in <laughs> in charge of getting all these rugby players fucking vaccinated? <laughs> because all of them are still getting this. Uh, mild cold that's going around very similar um traits to their quarantine over there as well they're quarantining together in a special resort and everyone's getting COVID while they're in quarantine together it just so goes, maybe the Aussie government's running it, that too it just goes to show there you know there is no avoiding it so we should mm. just you know swing the gates and, <laughs> and Errol, get it over Errol, and done with. Oh, <laughs> uh, you've been reprimanded about this in the newsroom numerous times. <laughs> we, we're going to get fined. I know, uh, mate, fined, but, so. you, know, you know, people say that truth is dead in journalism <laughs> and, you know, I wholeheartedly believe that. But, you know, before I get uh, hauled before the board of the Batuta Advocate again, and I think we should cover the super 
W final. Yeah, it was a cracking game of footy, uh, yeah. this one. The Tars, they've done it again. Four straight, 45 points to 12. That is the ball game. Super W supremacy once again for the Waratahs. Their evil streak continues. Reds came out of the blocks really, really hard. The Reds came to win. They came to win big time, and they wanted to win because the Tars beat them a few weeks ago very comfortably, and it was the opposite. The, the Tars came out and just blitzed them from the get-go, and they were comfortably yeah. up at halftime, and, and the Reds were chasing hard in the second half, but they couldn't get close. This time, the Reds just came out, and they were going really hard, and the Tars weathered the storm, weathered the storm, and then just found a way. They got a big, big pack with Grace Hamilton yeah. and Nagama and um, those guys, and Bellamy. Kenzie at 10. I reckon yeah. she's got to be the Wallaroos 10. She's just pulling the strings. She's running some nice hard lines as well. Just just really good. That whole Tars team, you spoke about cohesion before. They look like they've got cohesion. They yeah. play as a unit. And they do have such a high level of discipline too. Mm. I mean, like, there's one thing that really wins games of rugby and that's having, you know, accountability yep. for your role um, in a game. And I think that they really took it upon themselves to really play their part yep. in the game. You know, like you often see teams like, you know, the Americans, as we just covered, where everyone wants to be the hero. But, you know, the Tars were just content to just, you know, let the game play its course, play yep. good, disciplined, honest rugby. And, yeah. and things like they kick got chases. The They're just, the Reds are met by a wall yeah. when the kick chase um, comes forward. Yeah, so that's just playing your position. Yeah. Being disciplined. Yeah. So uh, good good on them. Uh, New South Wales, they needed to win something. It's been a tough year for them. So the Super W competition, yep. they blitzed through it. They didn't lose. They look, they beat all the teams and they beat them well. So good on them. Much deserving champions. There's a reason they've won the last four in a row. And I think most of the Wallaroos will be coming from the Waratahs team. They've got some, some absolute guns in there. Um, a nice story that I saw out of that, Caitlin Leaney, the lock for the Waratahs, yeah. Coffs Harbour born and raised so she'd been playing down in newcastle got the call up for the tars and then obviously the whole competition got played well the three of the four rounds got played up in coffs harbour so she got to win a title in front of friends and family which is that's nice to see that's a good story nice. so it was good that they made sure that the competition got played out up there in coffs harbour they got it done we spoke about it good to see they got it done and we got a competition and um a lot of players got some reps up ahead of the world cup next year but a bit of controversy after yep. this one. This is an absolute clear-cut case of how to completely destroy your career overnight. Yes. And uh, look, they just, A, shouldn't have been saying that. Those words shouldn't have come out of their mouth. And B, you know, you've got to treat every microphone like it's hot. It, I wonder why they were even in these positions in the first place. If that's what they think and that's what they feel like, why the fuck are they, like, why are they doing this? Like, why don't they go and get a job somewhere else? You know what I mean? Why don't they go and coach somewhere else? Why? Like, why? Dwayne Nessa, the head coach and the assistant, Matt Tink got, basically got pushed. They resigned straight yep. away, but they were going to be fired if they didn't resign for using uh, unacceptable language on, they were basically commentating the videos for internal use amongst yeah. the team and they were getting sent out and then the sound, they thought the sound was going to be taken off and it wasn't taken off and they were saying some horrendous things about players, sorry, referees, all that sort of stuff. So they've been stood down. Yeah, it's not a good look at all. Particularly, we spoke about and we speak about, well, there's a World Cup coming up next year and now yeah. we just sacked our coach and our assistant coach for just like, 
appalling behaviour. Well, yeah. You, you wonder how this wasn't picked done, up. Though. You wonder how they got the job in the... Like, no one picked it up. Yeah, it's... Well, I think them resigning or, or being sacked, you know, it's, it's a swift and adequate response. Yeah. And... That was good to say. And now it's time to move on. Yeah. But look, they... This just goes to show that there is still, you know, an underbelly of this type of thing. You know, I think this goes to the fact that we do need to basically take anyone who's in rugby who's over 50 or 60 and just, you know, put them in the, you know, grand rugby retirement home and just let the game move on and just progress a little bit further. I mean... Yeah, I reckon that's a good point, Errol. Because you look at this competition, which has been building over the last couple of years. It's been every single game this year has been covered. There's been good hype around it. It has, it has been progressing, and the game's moving. And then you see something like this from the fucking coach of the yeah. national team and from two go, people who should be the biggest cheerleaders for this competition. Yeah. And they've, if these two people are doing it, then you, you know who else is doing yeah, it. I mean, this is just like staring through a porthole into this great sea of underlying misogyny that exists in women's sport in this country. Yeah, you're spot on there. So it was a bit of a sour note to end the competition on. Um, Congratulations to the Waratahs, though. Congratulations to all the players in that comp. It was great to see. Now we'll move on to probably what will be our final segment of the show this week. Wallabies, they're playing the French tonight. Probably by the time you're listening yeah, to it. Yeah, by the time you're listening last to this. Yeah, because we're actually recording this on Tuesday. Yes. So. so bear in mind, if you're listening to this, the game may have already happened and we may be looking completely stupid because we made bold predictions that don't come off. Yep. But I'll need to lean on you, Errol, here, I think, for um, some French pronunciation. Not my strong suit. Uh, didn't do French at school. A lot of, lot of names here that I don't recognise in the French team. Yeah. Saying, well, people saying it's under strength team. I did uh, Indonesian. At my school, and yes, I did uh, Puggy. Cantonese. Mm. Yep. Yep. All oh, right. Just have a picked up a knowledge of French during your time abroad. Uh, look, my French is usually reserved to words that are about four letters <laughs> long, Wendell. So uh, <laughs> you need a pardoning. For but anyway, mate, uh, give me a few names. Jean Baptiste. I can get that one. But yep. then Gros. G R O S. Gros. Gros. Yeah. Yep. Right. Okay. The S is silent. Yep. Then Jalonk. Jalonch. Jalonk, would that be? Jalonk. Anthony Jalonk. There's seven there. Oh, Yalon. Yalon. Yeah, yeah, right. See, I thought I'd gone Yalon. Like, you know, maybe maybe I was getting close there, but. Uh, here's a nice, easy one for you, mate. What's uh, number 13 for France? How would you say that? Now, this one, I have heard it pronounced. He's one of the guys I do recognize. Yeah. And it would read as Vincent. Would it not? But it is Vincent. 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 And how about, Until Vincent. <laughs> how about the 14? The this 14? Is a, yeah. Damien Penord. <laughs> Penaud. We got, you reckon? Penaud. Penaud, yeah, yeah. Penaud. Uh, Melvin Jaminet there at 15. Oh, this is a fun one to say. How about the French number three? Demba Bamba. Demba Bamba. Yes. Love it. Love it. So I look forward uh, to hearing Gordon Bray scream that top of his lungs. Mm, Sean Maloney, he'll be putting his full force into those words, and I'm yeah. sure he'll be across all the correct pronunciations. So I look forward to that on Wednesday night. Yeah. Should be an interesting game. We've got a pretty young team here. Lolaseo's been given the reins there at 10. Don't mind it. few Brumbies, few Queensland Reds, and a few Rebels. Yeah. We said at the start of the season... Hopefully, hopefully there, there is a Wallabies team rewarded 
on form and we've got that. We've only got two yeah. Waratahs in Perfect. the starting team. That's and all you fucking need. I'll you tell can't you really blame us for starting those two guys. Hooper's Hooper. Yeah. Um, Hooper's he's Hooper. Australia's fifth best outside centre, as the Queensland Reds fans like to say. Yep. And then we've got Jake Gordon there at nine. Anyone who watched the Waratahs this yep. season will know that he yes. was a standout. He... <laughs> Provided some great A ball yep. for his back line to then promptly drop or yep. kick into touch on the full or do something with. I and mean, he busted his I guts mean, before every single game. The service was so good that it, it was like going to a hatted restaurant and just taking this lovely plate of food and just throwing it against the wall. Yeah, he was he was good for the Tars. It was like every single game, he would get a big backpack, he'd put three or four different Waratahs on his back, strap up his backpack, and he'd go out there for 80 minutes and he'd just try and carry that team. And he, he was good. He deserved a starting spot. So um, I think that's fair enough. He's in there. And then big, fun, yeah. strong Gus Bell on the bench. So I'm uh, I'm expecting a uh, an absolute drumming of the French here. I mean, yeah. having followed... French rugby for a couple of years now. This is the French B team, mm. and this is a very hot Wallabies team. Yep. Um, I'm going to be predicting that we're probably going to get up by two or three tries. I hope so. I really hope so. I reckon you're right about it being a hot Wallabies team. It's got a nice balance, a nice feel to it. you got some younger guys in there like Lolaseo, Pasami, Wright, Banks, but then you got some older heads. You got Karabiti, you got Tamua, you got Jake Gordon, you got Hooper, those kind of guys, Slipper and Alalatoa, yeah. you know, and then you got real power and punch. You got the likes of Valentini there, Wilson, Pasami, yeah. but then, yeah, you got the balance of Tamua and Banks. I reckon Harry Wilson, you know, powered by Cadbury, you know, mm. gut full of chocolate, he is going to run. <laughs> An absolute riot on these he's a French. Big, he's like a big hamster, big yeah. muscle hamster, Harry Wilson. He's going to be running right. I, mate, I love it. I love mate, it. He, mate, he's going to come off at halftime, eat an entire block of top deck, mm-hmm. to do a couple <laughs> of push-ups and go back out there and <laughs> score a fuckload of tries. Yes. This is one prediction I'll make. Harry's going to score a try off the back of the scrum. Ooh, he's going to yes. pick it up and he's going to run over Baptiste Coulons. He's yeah. going to run straight over him. He yep. isn't a very big man, but... Uh, and that's the sign of a dominant team. When your eight can pick off the back of a scrum yeah. near the line and just yeah. bump over and score, you love to see it. The French have said they're going to try and slow it down. They've gone a 6-2 split on the bench with forwards, so apparently they're going to try and slow it down and play heavy. That's fine. We can slow it down. we got a big pack, and then we've just got to let guys like Hunter Basami and Korobiti and Tom Wright go to work. Rugby league wingers, Tom Wright and Korobiti. Rugby league wingers love scoring tries. They love finishing tries. So let's hope that the team can get them some opportunities in some positions, and we can get up by a couple of tries against the French. Yeah. And we can start feeling good about Australian rugby after the car crash that was Super Rugby Trans-Tasman. Yeah, you know, like I think that was always going to be a car accident, but you know, I don't look in the rear vision mirror. I've taken the rear vision mirrors <laughs> off, you know, my rugby vehicle. I only look forward. I only look out the windscreen. Yeah, that's a smart way to be, particularly as an Aussie rugby fan. You just delete that kind of uh, that data from from the tougher times, and then you move forward. And so we're going to move forward with a good game against the French. Very excited for that. As you said at the start of the show, it's always great to see international rugby, and that's what we got. We got it on a yeah. Wednesday night. It's got an origin feel to it, you know. Yeah, yeah. And this is the first game. I think it's the first Wallabies game since we drew with the Argentinians. Yes, this will be the second or third game we've played under Dave Rennie. Mm, oh no! We, yeah, we've been maybe up to like 
Did we play six last year? Six, uh, yeah, I think we played six, but this is going to be the first time against a European Yeah, team. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, because we played played uh, Argentina and New Zealand yeah, a few times. Yeah, we drew against the All Blacks too. Mm. Uh, this is going to be Dave's first hit out against a European team. You know, yep. as we all know, the Europeans play a different brand of football. Yep. And uh, yeah, mate, looking forward to it. This is going to be an absolute, an, an absolute ball terror. Yep. The level of sport that's on now, even though, you know, the world has got itself in a bit of a tears over this, you know, spicy bronchitis. Um, <laughs> mate, there's just one thing that we don't really have here in the Diamond Tina is that I don't think there's going to be a sports bar open uh, on Wednesday. I don't think so. No. So it looks like it'll be Stan Sport at home. Yep. Good coverage. Get the they boys have over. This, yeah, get the boys over. A few Batuta bitters. Yeah. Um, a glass of red because we're playing the French. See what happens yep. after that. And then potentially, potentially if all goes well, you've got the British and Irish Lions versus the Sharks at 3 o'clock that night. Yep. So if the reds are going down and the beers are going down, maybe you're up for that. And yep. maybe the newsroom's quiet on Thursday. Yep. Who knows? Um, Come into Thursday and do what Clancy does and just lie on the couch in his office and moan as he's, you know, slowly getting over his alcohol poisoning. <laughs> you know, but yeah, so that that could be um, could He be can do that because he's the boss. Yeah, and then, and then we got a whole heap of internationals mm. over the weekend, which I'm looking forward to again. Tonga get a fair fight in, or somewhat of a fair fight against Samoa. All Blacks are going to just do that's, Fiji by another 50 That's going to be game 60. of the round. Yep, I'm excited uh, for that. Samoa, Tonga, game of the round. And the Welsh are going to play Argentina after their close one against Romania. So there's heaps and heaps to look forward to, but that'll probably do us for this week. Hopefully we'll be joining you off the back of a strong Wallabies win, previewing another strong Wallabies win to come. Yeah. And um, Fiji have beaten the All Blacks and... Uh, yeah, look forward to uh, talking to you next week after we have a Wallabies game to dissect. Ooh, it's going to be great. Yes, the first one of the year. Looking forward to it. Have a great week. Stay safe. Stay away from this uh, cough, however you do view it, and look forward to talking to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.